This is Brain Diet, episode 151, Self-Care. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. By the time this episode comes out, we will already be halfway through January, over halfway, I think, which is so wild. My family and I got a horrible stomach bug at the beginning of the year. I haven't been that sick in a long, long time. And I think because I feel as though mentally I missed like the first five days of the year, I still am in the mental space of like, it's the beginning of the year and it's the first couple days of January and there are things I need to be thinking about and want to be thinking about in that new year energy. So I still am feeling that even though many people have had their new year energy kind of come and go, I feel like I am still thinking about it. I feel like I have maintained a level of introspection that I don't normally for this long throughout the month of January because I'm very introspective. I'm very uh, passionate about looking at my accomplishments and thinking about things I want to do for myself. I think that that is something that can be done at any time. And I like that the new year kind of pushes people in that direction to think a little bit more internally about what you want to do with your life. I think it's a really powerful exercise to do. And I do that 12 months of the year. I mean, it basically is my life constantly thinking about the future and what I want to create. So it's not anything out of the ordinary, but I do feel like I've been especially introspective the last couple of weeks and it's just stuck with me. And I've taken a really hard look at what succeeded last year, what I created last year that I've never created before, what I accomplished. I reflected on and continue to reflect on what I've done a great job at. I feel like there's been a little bit of a shift in me the last couple of years to where I feel such great pride in myself and the things that I've been able to do. And it's a skill to be able to develop, to look at your life, to look at what you do and feel pride, feel proud of yourself. And I think of the way that we say to our children, I'm so proud of you. Of course, we should say the same thing to us because we are doing hard things. Children are doing hard things every day. And we as adults are doing hard things every day. And giving space for pride over what you have accomplished is a really important way to nurture your relationship with yourself and to create overall a sense of happiness and contentment in your life. And I've reflected on all those things. And I've also reflected on what I want to create, the new things that I want to do. And I was thinking about these things early at the end of last, like, I mean, months before the end of the year where I was thinking, all right, 2023, what's that going to be for me? What do I want that to be? And so the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking, who do I have to be to create those things? What needs to be different about me as a human, as a person to create something new, to create something different that I've never done before. And 
as I've reflected on this, there was a podcast that I was listening to that was appropriately timed for a variety of reasons, but I really love listening to the Huberman Lab. If anyone has ever heard of it, he is a neurobiologist, I believe, and a biochemist and right. I think it's those two things. And he's just incredibly smart. This man, uh, Huberman who hosts this podcast and he had Lane Norton on his podcast and Lane Norton in my mind is one of the most trusted authorities in the nutrition space. He is very adamant about relying on data and not overgeneralizing and not assuming that certain things are so black and white when it comes to fitness and nutrition. And so this episode was so fun for me to listen to because it's these two people that I respect so much and I trust their, the way that they share things. I, I trust what they share and their opinions and uh, it's very valuable to me. All that to say, he was discussing the obesity epidemic. He was discussing uh, artificial sweeteners and I mean the episode was three hours long so they covered a great deal of subject matter but one of the things that they got into was he was talking about Lane Norton was talking about a study from the 90s on people that had kept weight off for more than three years and I believe again I can't speak for certain because I don't remember exactly but I believe that the study was uh, people that had fallen into the obese category that lost a certain percentage of body weight and kept it off for more than three years. Now, again, I don't know if that's exactly what it was, but something to that effect. And in this study, they interviewed these people and asked, how did you do it? How did you keep the weight off for three plus years? And of course, there were the answers you might anticipate things relating to diet changes and activity changes and, you know, the basics, if you will. But across the board, every person that had kept it off expressed to some degree that keeping the weight off necessitated an identity shift of some kind. It necessitated becoming the next version of, of a person. It, be, it necessitated them changing who they were and how they saw themselves. And he gave the example of addicts, like people that have had drug or alcohol addiction, when they work to overcome that and not partake of those things anymore, they have to facilitate an identity shift, finding new friends, finding new places to hang out, finding you know, new ways to dress themselves it, it is a whole identity shift in order to change behaviors and of course this was very fun for me to hear on a podcast that is so scientifically based to have some of the psychology mixed into it because I think that there is such a great overlap that in the world of science and of nutrition I think there's beginning to be some understanding of that overlap and some acknowledgement of that overlap and as he was talking about this study, he was saying these people had to assess, can I do these behaviors forever? Can I implement these habits forever? Because oftentimes when it comes to making a change, we don't think about what comes after. And when we don't think about what comes after the finish line, then we 
naturally revert back to who we were, how we identified, how we thought, how we saw the world, our perspectives on everything. And so because of that, any changes that we make in ourselves to create sustainability within them, we have to first examine, can I do these things forever? Is this something that I could see myself doing forever? And what type of new person do I have to become to make this part of my life and not just a temporary get me to the finish line type of behavior? So as I was reflecting in my own life and the things that I want to accomplish by the end of the year, I had to ask myself questions and I'm still doing this every day. I mean, it's something that I do regularly, but asking myself the questions, someone that achieves these goals, what would that version do? What would that version not do that I'm doing now? So the version of me in a year, the version of you in a year that's achieved what you want to achieve, there are things that that version of you won't do that perhaps the current version of you now is doing. And I'll give you an example of this. This is one that I really threw myself into in 2022 and that I really made an effort for and made a drastic difference in my life and the goals that I set for myself is there is a part of me at all times that doesn't want to do it, (laughs) that doesn't want to do the hard thing, that doesn't want to sit down and work, that doesn't want to get up and work, doesn't want to do any type of hard thing. And I learned in this last year that the more that I ran towards the hard things, the more momentum I achieved, the more success I started to see in my life. And so not only do I simply just allow myself to face the hard things, I now run towards the hard things. Because to me, if it's hard, I view it as something that is going to move me forward. And so now I am a person who does the hardest things first. Any day that I have work work planned for myself, I will sit down and assess everything on my list and I will always start with the hardest thing. And every time my brain wants to revert to the previous version of me and be like, oh, I don't want to do that. Let's not, let's do something else instead. And over the last year, I've developed a very strong dialogue with myself to say, we're not going there. The hardest thing will get us the farthest. Thus, this is what we're doing right now. The new person that I'm becoming and I'm continuing to become is much less all or nothing, and much more of simply putting in the effort and doing my best, even when my best is terrible. So what does all of this have to do with self-care? What does this type of reflection and transformation into new versions of ourselves, what does this have to do with self-care? Again, I will give you some examples coming back to 2022 and my recent introspection as of the last couple of weeks is in 2022, I didn't take as many vacations as I would have wanted. We took a couple to be sure. And I'm so grateful for those that we took. But of course, I would have loved to have taken more. 
So I didn't do as many as I wanted, but I went on a walk most days of last year. Now I didn't get as many luxurious massages last year as I would have wanted. Massages are something that my husband and I love to do. I love getting a massage for so many reasons. And it's a very powerful exercise in self-care for me to get a massage. However, I didn't get as many as I would have wanted to last year. But what I did do was I truly drank a gallon of water probably 98% of the days last year. Now, last year, I didn't plan as many weekend getaways with my friends. But what I did do was I read more books in 2022 than I've ever read before in a year's time. I did not eat at as many fancy, expensive restaurants. Again, something I love doing, but didn't do it as much as I would have wanted to last year. But I did hit my protein goal most days. 2022 was the year of maintenance calories for me and eating as much, if not a little bit more than my body needed just to really give my body some time enjoying maintenance calories because it's a beautiful place to be. Now, all of these things are contrasting versions of self-care. And I think self-care, we often define it as luxurious and relaxing. Of course, it's a component of self-care. Things that are luxurious, things that are relaxing, no doubt are a part of self-care. But it's kind of like if you have to clean your whole house and you only do the dishes. You don't do the vacuuming, you don't do the mopping, you don't do the dusting, you don't do the laundry. There is a lot of the house that's still really messy, that needs a lot of attention. And so the luxurious pieces of self-care do fit into self-care as potentially the dishes do in cleaning the house, but there are other things that matter just as much. I think that self-care is more often simple and boring. I think it's more often simple and boring than it is luxurious and relaxing because just as in these examples that I gave, There were a few luxurious and relaxing things in my year, but there were significantly more of these small and simple actions and all of these actions that played into this idea of all or nothing that I needed to be perfect in my nutrition or in my workouts. I gave myself so much wiggle room in 2022 to allow for life to be what it is and still do my best to emphasize self-care where I could. And not so much in the luxurious and relaxing way, but more so in the, man, it's really dark out, but I haven't gone on a walk yet and I'm still going to go. I mean, really, truly with where we are in Utah and the time that the sun sets and my work schedule, it's just kind of been the way that it's been for the last couple of weeks where by the time I am done with everything and in a place where it's like, okay, I can take a walk right now. It's dark. It's pitch dark. And I still go. I've still made the effort, even if it's a short walk, even if it's 15 minutes. And those walks over the course of a year accumulate to a great deal of physical benefits. Self-care is never at your own expense. Self-care is always for the benefit of your current self and your future self. So that's why self-care isn't necessarily 
eating something now that's going to cause issues later. And issues are going to be very subjective based on you, your body, and your goals. But pay attention to yourself. If you eat something in the name of self-care, that causes issues later than it is not self-care. Because self-care is never at your own expense. It's not eating something that's going to cause issues later, and it's not spending money that you don't have. I think self-care is often put under this umbrella that it's a live in the moment, don't care about the future type of mentality. And I think that's the opposite. I think that self-care cares everything about the future and is thinking, okay, maybe this is actually a little bit difficult for my current self, but will be beneficial for my future self. And that is a lot of what healthy habits are, are maintaining the perspective of that future version of you that will benefit from 300 walks in a year. That future version of you that will benefit from all of the boring bites that you took when there were other foods that were much more appealing. I also believe that self-care is doing the hard things first. Self-care is doing hard things, period. But I think it's even more so when we can do the hard things first. When we can accomplish hard things by doing them with the hardest coming first, there is a type of momentum that we build and there's a type of confidence that we create that you cannot create going in the other direction. If you have tasks to do around the house and you're thinking, I'm just going to sit here and kind of wait and I'll do it later, then this hard thing that exists in your future sort of compounds because then time is passing and nothing's getting done and it isn't really restful time (laughs) the time leading up to it. I don't know if you've ever done this, but if I've ever sat down and I'm like, okay, I've got, you know, I wanted to fold this laundry and I wanted to do this. It's not even a restful state because I'm thinking about those things that need to be done and then I'm feeling overwhelmed by it and then I'm feeling bothered by it all. And so even though I'm taking the break, I'm not even resting. I'm not even getting a really truly relaxing moment. Self-care is doing the hard things first. And sometimes the hardest things to do are so small. Sometimes it really is the hardest thing to go for a walk for some people on some days, myself included on some days. Sometimes it's the hardest thing to do to pick up a book instead of scrolling on your phone before you go to bed. Sometimes it's the hardest thing to do to drink water when maybe other people are drinking fun things around you. Sometimes it's the hardest thing to do to eat the less desirable in the moment option. It's these little things that can be so difficult to do in the moment that over time compound to to create greater health and greater self-care than perhaps the more massive efforts. Like yes, a vacation has a significant effect on stress and mental health and relaxation, but that vacation you won't necessarily be benefiting from three months from now. Whereas if you have three months worth of walks, of daily walks, you will continue to be benefiting from those things. Self-care is kind actions for your current self and for your future self. And often those things are hard but still done in kindness because of the benefit that you will receive down the road. And self-care is a kind internal environment. 
the body hears everything the mind says. And I think that self-talk, self-talk is one of the most neglected types of self-care because it isn't necessarily viewed as one. But someone that you care about, someone that you love and want to show those sentiments towards, you say lots of nice things to them. And the same goes for us. If our mind is thinking all day, every day, and our body is hearing everything our mind is thinking and responding to it, then you will push yourself in a direction, whether it's a positive one or a negative one. Self-care is learning how to speak kindly to yourself. And if it's something that you don't feel is within your grasp or something that even seems possible to you, it is one of the most worthwhile efforts you can exert to find ways to learn how to do that. And of course, having a coach is extremely helpful to help you look at your mind and examine what's happening and how exactly to change it. How you talk to yourself matters. And not just in like the woo-woo type of way, but your body is hearing it. The energy of your body is feeling everything that you are thinking. Thus, the thoughts in your mind are of crucial importance as an act of self-care. Pay attention to those things. Work on that. Work on speaking kindly to yourself. And do the small hard things. Do them every day. Because in a year, A year's worth of very small, maybe slightly difficult things will create a new identity, a shift in who you are as a person who can do hard things every single day. That's all I have for you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon.